You are listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, a Canadian guide to building dependable wealth. Join your hosts, Richard Canfield and Jason Lowe, as they unlock the secrets to creating financial peace of mind in an uncertain world. Discover the strategies and mindsets to a financial future that you can bank on. Do you want to create passive income and connect with like-minded people? If you're an entrepreneur or a high-earning business professional and you want to join others just like you who want to build wealth, save on tax, and secure their financial future, then join our community. We want you. Join us over at wealthwithoutbaystreet.com forward slash community. Can't wait to see you there. All right. Welcome back to Wealth Without Bay Street. Now, a very prominent YouTuber says you should never say welcome back because if you're new to Wealth Without Bay Street, you're thinking welcome back. I don't even know who you guys are, but we're going to extend the same thing to you. So welcome back to Wealth Without Bay Street, even if it's your first time here. We're joined today by... And if, if you're if a regular listener and you just listened to a batchload of our episodes, then thanks for your continuity. Yeah, we appreciate it very much. We're joined today by Sarblo Gill an authorized infinite banking practitioner, an all-around great guy, a fellow who I have had the pleasure to know for the past several years. We're going to engage in an amazing conversation today, along with my co-host, my amazing co-host, Mr. Richard Canfield, coming to us live from Chilliwack, British Columbia, otherwise known as... The Wack. The Wack. <laughs> Where, where at present it is not snowing, but I uh, saw some pictures of some snowfall in the Edmonton region. So, yeah, it's it's here right now. Sarblo, welcome to Wealth Without Bay Street. It's great to have you. It's good to be here, Jason and Richard. Thank you. And, you know, one of the things that we were talking about just before the show is the show notes that I had uh, put into the invite for the show, which I had completely forgot about. So when I got us all logged on and ready to rock and roll. I asked, so what are we talking about today? And Richard said, well, you're the one that put the show notes together. So these are the types of things that happen behind the curtain in podcast production. Yeah. And there's some of them are supposed to stay behind the curtain, but you know, what's the fun in that? So we, <laughs> we, we, just, we just want to talk about all of it. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited that we've got Sarblo here because, uh, <clears throat> you know, anyone who's listening, and I'm sure many of our listeners will be very familiar. They'll have either had a chance to have seen Sarblo speak or uh, host a live webinar or what have you. He's got a, an incredible group of clients. They're, they're extremely engaged. Sarblo's got some mad ninja skills around, you know, Excel documents and all kinds of other cool things. And, and there's certain areas where he just really operates, I think, in his zone of genius and the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about with him today, I'm really excited about because perspective is really important. And the, the more that we hear about things from different angles and different perspectives and, and different people, there's all it takes is one little subtle change in the way that it's expressed for someone to suddenly all of a sudden recognize and understand, oh, that's what they meant by, by such and such, you know, and, and that, that, that method of repetition, but also hearing it from some slight variations of different angles is really beneficial because we all have a different learning style. So Sarblo, I'm really glad that you're here with us. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about a number of things. And, and the primary question we have on the docket that people seem to keep asking you this, this infinite banking thing, like, how does it work? Yeah, that's one of the most frequently asked questions, Richard. And I wish, uh, as infinite banking practitioners, we all had dollars for every time somebody had asked us this question. 
right? Yeah, we could get another policy. <laughs> yeah, we can get another policy going and we can show them by example how it works. <laughs> so, you know, what we're trying to create is, is, is a banking system, right? And we want to go back to basics to understand banking. Everybody is practicing banking. Banking is what? It's an exchange of money that you're making presently to acquire goods and services. Mm-hmm. And goods and services, people are like, okay, well, expand on that. I buy air conditioning, I buy vacuum, I buy car. Great. What else is other than goods and services? Well, goods mean everything for which you need the money for. It, it means food that you provide for your family. Mm-hmm. It means uh, uh, the vacation trips that you provide for your family. It means uh, the investments that you use your money to buy so that you have a better financial future for your family or for your business. Right. You know, everything that we do in terms of acquiring is possible by exchanging money. Money is a tool that, that gets all that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, presently, you are banking. Those transactions that you're making with money is banking. Right. The question is, which direction is that money flowing to? You're doing all the work and the money is leaving you because you are familiar with the process of banking. You're just not controlling it. We cannot stop the exchange of money because that's what gets us going every single day. We wake up every day to say, hey, we want to provide for a family. We want to provide for family members or our team members who are dependent on us. We're going to get to work and we're going to get things done. We cannot change the flow of the money, but we, what we can change going forward is who's going to get that flow of money. Oh, I really like the way that you put that, Sarblo. That's, That's good. good. That's real good. And so we, well, we had also talked about the, uh, which I was reminded of today. Thank you, Richard. The five phases, because we've kind of broken this down into phases and it just seems, and I have to give credit to a prospective client who I won't mention because he's not a client yet. And I don't have permission to use his name, but he was the one that came up with the, with the phase concept because he's a software developer. And he said, you know, this is, how this really resonates with me is in the phase of capitalization, the phase of banking, the phase of passive income, the phase of family banking, and then the final phase of graduation. Now he didn't obviously quite word it that way based on his level of familiarity with the concept at that point. But he said, based on all the research that I did, this is how I categorized it so that I could understand it with clarity. And I thought to myself, I could reach through the Zoom and give you a high five because you're thinking, you're rethinking your thinking. And so let, let's dive in, Sarblo, maybe to phase one. So capitalization, that's a, you know, that's a $10 word. Like you can hang out with the guys on Wall Street or Bay Street if you use a word like capitalization. So for our audience... If we can speak to people in in plain terms that they can understand, how would you describe the phase of capitalization? Absolutely, Justin. Thank you for asking the question. So, see, when we're creating our own banking system, think about what does a bank need to operate? The bank needs capital. You know, today, if you put $100 a month in a bank and you do that over 12 months, you'll have $1,200 at the end of the year. Right. Now, if you increase that capital deposit from $100 per month to $200 per month, and you make the same deposit over 12 months, you'll have $2,400. So logic says, the more you put, the more you have. 
Same applies to the process of becoming a banker, which we use a tool called participating, developing whole life policy to make this whole process happen. The first process, the first step in this whole process is capitalization. It's about putting money into your bank. And the more you put into it, the more it's going to be there for you to use again, because you've got to flow that money. Otherwise, it's worth nothing. Right. Yeah, that's really good. And I, I love that, uh, Sarblo, because it's, it's, it's perfectly relatable to the process of becoming your own banker. What I think is really cool about, uh, and it's something that I, I learned from Nelson years ago, was how capitalization shows up in other areas of people's life that's happening for them right now, or has happened for them in the past that they just didn't recognize what was going on. And the, the one that pops into my brain is always university education. <clears throat> so if you're going to go get a university degree, perhaps you have one, this will sound familiar to you. Someone had to put in the money for the tuition and the books, but then you, you also wouldn't get the degree if you didn't show up to some of the classes and write the exams, right? So the capitalization was not just the dollars that went into the books. It was the time, the effort and the energy that was inserted into the, into the environment to be able to end the result with getting some kind of a degree, that piece of paper. And the reason that people do that primarily, other than that their parents say it's a good idea, or that they just want to go and get the education, the, the real primary reason why most people are doing is because they've been taught that if I go and get this degree, this university education, I have the ability now because of that piece of paper, that diploma, that allows me to go and demand a higher volume of income for every future year in my life. So you're trading time, effort, and dollars today for a period of time, four years, five years. Yep. For some doctors, you know, and especially once they specialize, I mean, we're looking at 12 some odd years to get to get to a point where they can earn at their peak <clears throat> capacity. Now you have the ability to re start to have to start recovering all that capital and time that you put in because you're now earning. A policy is very similar to that. Yep. You just don't have to do all that extra work. <laughs> you you got to capitalize you got to put the effort into it just the way you've been putting effort into yourself to to get that university degree and once you have the degree then you get then you're ready to go you're ready to tackle the world you're ready to provide for your family same applies to the system you got to build it to a point where it meets a need for financing you know i heard i read somewhere on facebook and the quote was there's rolls royce and then there's toyota it takes six months to build a rolls royce and it takes 30 hours to build a toyota which one do you want? Is, is six months worth the time to wait to get a Rolls Royce or do you want to put 13 hours and get a Toyota? Sarblo Gill, AKA Mr. Analogy. We're going <laughs> to have you on every episode to give Sarblo's analogy. It's actually, that's, that's a great way of putting it. And so capitalization makes me think of your money must reside somewhere. And Nelson taught us that over the years. And we know because we are practicing this process, we know that there's no better place to have it reside than, than here. Not as a, again, an either or. Like I'm going to have all my capital reside in my system policies or I'm going to do something else with it. It's all about capitalizing your system so that you are enabled to do all of the other things that you're planning to do financially, you're just using a different process to achieve whatever those financial objectives are that you have. Yep. Right. Yep. And so that leads us into the second phase, which is the process banking as a process. 
And so Sarblo, maybe walk us through your interpretation of that phase. Yeah, so, so Jason, you know, like I was sharing, banking is nothing but a process of exchanging money to acquire whatever you want to acquire in life. You know, it could be food, vacation, you want to pay taxes, you want to buy a car, you want to buy investments, you want to buy kids education, you want to put kids to university, you want to have money for your wedding, whatever the objective in life is, an exchange of money or transaction is required, and that is banking. Now, if, and Richard, just building up on what you said in terms of capitalization. So when somebody has finished the school and now they have a certificate, and then they go and find a full-time professional job, which is everybody's dream is to get into work and start making income, and then they can be independent and then start providing for themselves or their family. So that's when the process of banking starts right after school. Like you start exchanging money, and then the problem is, everybody's familiar with the banking process. They're just not controlling it. If they were the one controlling the banking process, that exchange of money will be coming back to their system so they can recycle that money over and over again. If they're exchanging the money and the money's leaving them, then they have to go back and trade time again to earn that money because the money has left them and they need that money again to do the same thing next month. But if the money's coming back to their system, they don't have to work harder because it's already there for you to recycle it. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's, you know, that's where Nelson uh, t- uh, book dovetails perfectly when he talks about creating that financial tailwind, because the way that you explain that, I, that what, what the picture that shows up in my, in my brain is Nelson showing his, his plane diagram and in the, the wind currents and cycling through. And it's that activity of, thinking through putting the money back and, and making sure that money gets harnessed. The potential of those dollars are harnessed first and foremost inside of a machine that will constantly accumulate. That is such a um, monstrously uh, tremendous advantage financially to people who are doing it. Well, especially when you can, yeah, when, when compared with the way that everyone looks after their financial needs yeah. presently, and what they've been, you know, conditioned to do and, and following that mainstream financial advice throughout their lifetime. And you contrast that with somebody who has implemented this process and is really truly implementing it in their lives properly. The outputs are night and day. Yep. There, there, there cannot be any comparison because it, it's just, <laughs> you cannot compare flowing away versus flowing back. It, there, there's no comparison. You're moving in complete opposite directions. And so that that's the interpretation that Nelson, you know, uh, really describes so, so well in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, which uh, if you are a new listener to Wealth Without Bay Street, and you find yourself thinking, hey, this sounds really, really interesting, then we would wholeheartedly encourage you to get your hands on a copy of R. Nelson Nash's book titled Becoming Your Own Banker, it's a 92-page read, takes less than the better part of an afternoon to get through, and you'll be very glad that you've added that to your library. He wrote that book for you. He didn't write it for any of us on the podcast. He wrote it especially for you. And so, Sarblo, anything else that you wanted to add to that phase of banking? Absolutely, Jason. You know, Nelson taught us with clarity that we have to think long range. This is one of Nelson's first golden rules to think long range. 
and Nelson says, think three generations past yours. Now, it's, it, it takes immense um, concentration to actually think three generations past us. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it takes an imagination. But if you just think about our own lifespan, for example, if you're banking today and you're not controlling the banking function and the money is leaving you, would that put you in a better financial position when it comes to passive income time? Or if you're banking today and the money is coming back to your system, would that put you in a better financial position in passive income time? All the answer is clear. Right. The answer is clear. So in going back to the, the, uh, the, the second phase in this whole process, the first phase is capitalization. The second phase is passive income. You know, if you're the one controlling the banking function, guess what? We'll have a great passive income. If you're not, you, you might have good passive income, but it, more, it might not be as good as controlling the banking function because everything in life is competitive. Well, if you're doing good, compared to what? If you can do better, compared to who? So if you're the one getting back all the monies today, as you're recapturing the money, controlling the banking function, you're going to never have a bad financial year till the end of time. Mm. Yeah, very, very true. And so capitalization, money must reside somewhere, create a growing pool of financial value, begin to implement the process of becoming your own banker by accessing policy loans through the insurance company to take care of all the things that you would have otherwise paid cash for, leased, or financed throughout your life. Money's flowing back to you versus flowing away. Your pool of financial value continues growing uninterrupted. And then you approach that third phase, which is passive income. Now, passive income is what we refer to it as because we've eliminated the word retirement out of the equation because to retire means to be taken out of service. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm much like Nelson was not uh, nearly to the extent or degree. I'm a big aviation enthusiast. I really love aviation. So I relate to when Nelson said, think about when aircraft reach their end of life, they get flown out to an aircraft parts desert somewhere, and they are officially retired from service. And then combine that with, uh, you know, our amazing coach, Dan Sullivan, who says the force that you're trying to fight against is gravity and gravity wants to pull you back into the ground. And so if you retire and you essentially take yourself out of service, physically, mentally, combination of both, then you become very low hanging fruit for gravity. And so we refer to it as passive income. So Sarblo, maybe expand on that particular phase, passive income. So you're at a point in your life where you're ready to, you know, you're ready to do more of the things that bring you fascination and energy and also require money. And so maybe expand on that phase. Absolutely. So, you know, passive income is when you're not doing anything to earn that flow of money. You're not trading your time to to. to have that flow of money coming back or coming to you so that you can use that flow of money to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish. Um, you know, as I'm meeting with clients and prospects and some of the times I hear this, yeah, when I'm retired, I'm not going to need as much money. Can you help me understand that? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, today you work from Monday to Friday and then Saturday comes. 
what is it that you do on a Saturday? You keep yourself busy, you keep yourself entertained, and to do all that, what is required? Cash. Cash, money. <laughs> and when you're in a passive income zone or a phase, isn't every day a Saturday? <laughs> yeah. So to think, to rethink our thinking, right? Nelson's golden rule. So go back and rethink. Are you going to need less money? Or are you going to need more money? Now, also, we don't know what our best before date is. But medical science will prove that people are living longer than what they used to be. So we don't know if people live till age 100 and beyond. So longevity is also another problem that we need to solve. What if you live longer? To do all that, again, what's required is money. So if you have more money, is it going to take away any of your options? Well, is it going to take away any of your options if you're able to spend more money than what you anticipated? Yeah, you may find some other things that bring you more fascination and energy, or you may want to contribute maybe something a little extra to your community or to, to something that, that you care about because you've got the option to do it. Yeah. You've got ready access money to be able to do that. And one of the analogies that I think we were all talking about at some point, I think it was a few months back, is we were discussing the... Uh, we used the Mount Everest analogy and we talked about how climbers, you know, who make it to the summit, the, uh, um, the majority of deaths that occur on a Mount Everest expedition occur on the descent, not the climb up to the summit. And so that speaks to your point about longevity. People are living longer. I wish someone would solve the longevity issue with coffee cream. <laughs> best, best before date, right? You're craving the coffee. You grab the coffee cream and the best before date was three days ago. And you're like, oh boy. But when you think about passive income, well, everyone is going to achieve a, a stage in their life where they just want complete control over their time, complete autonomy. And so again, you know, expanding on your theme, Sarblo, how, what, do you, what contribution do you think having more money available, what contribution do you think that would make to your stress level? Would it increase it or would it decrease it? Oh, it would decrease it for sure. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, we hear that often. Well, you know, I'm not going to need quite as much money in retirement. But if you had more capital available, would it take away any of your options? Of course not. And so what this process provides is that when you have a policy or a system of policies, the value of those policies continues growing daily uninterrupted for your entire lifetime. So regardless of what phase you're in, your pool of financial value continues expanding. And when you're able to access what you need to take care of yourself in retirement, and you know that there's ready access money and you're not going to have another bad financial day for the rest of your lifetime, if your stress levels come down, what happens to your health overall? You're happier inside. Right. And perhaps you'll live even longer than maybe you would have lived otherwise. Well, the, leading, so, the leading cause of, uh, you know, medical maladies, as Nelson would say, is, is stress in the system. And yeah. The, the leading stressor in most people's financial life, if you were to, to put 100 people in a room and ask them, 
you know, probably 95 or more of those people are going to say money. And so if we can create more peace of mind, more, more sleep filled nights, because we have safety, security, and liquidity capacity available to us from this capital pool that we have taken the time to build right. But by far and above, your, your whole life is impacted uh, and improved because of that situation. The things that would keep people up at night that cause them all number of, of worries and concerns are no longer those worries and concerns. Right. And that has an impact not only in in us as an individual, but it has an impact on all the individuals that surround us. Very true. Very true. And well, that leads us into the next phase, which is family banking. So when you hear those words, Sarblo, and you know, you're interacting with a prospective client or an existing client, how do you go about describing family banking? Well, I was share with them exactly how I plan to do it with my family, because the the banking issue is not just going to be for my lifetime. It's going to be for my next generation and the next generation to come. It all begins today to solve that problem. So what, what we do as a family is, and this is something that I've learned from, from you, Jason, because you've been a great mentor to me uh, when I first discovered this process myself. Mm, thank um, you. You blessed our lives and immensely. It's a peaceful existence having to practice this concept myself for five, five years now, to be at a stage in life where we don't have to rely on banks for anything other than this convenience of debit card. Because I heard you say this so many times as like, I want that. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> right. And it, it took us five years to get there because, you know, everybody's need for banking is different and ours is different. It took us five years to get here, but we are here now and it just gets better going forward. But coming back to your question on family banking system. So, so what we are creating in our own family is multiple family banking systems. And we're going to encourage our daughter. She's 18 months today. And as she starts to get some understanding and she, she, she grows, we're going to start coaching her on your need for cash is not going to end. You're going to need toys right now. You're going to buy your next, your first iPad soon. And you're going to have, uh, you're going to go to university. You're going to buy your first car, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we would encourage her and we would show her the benefit of that is to shop at home for your money needs because she is going to have money needs and it has to come from some source. It has to come from some banking source. If it comes from the family, well, then she has to replenish the system back or she has to replenish the pool of money back to the family. It keeps the money in the family. And with more money, guess what? More opportunities are going to come. Again, money is just a tool. The more of, we, more of it we have, the more we can use to provide for the things and family members that are depending on us. Yeah, that, that's, um, you know, that theme applies to every phase, yep. right? And it brings me back to the, um, when you think about, okay, if, you, if, if the three of us owned a grocery store together and that grocery store was named... Gill Canfield Low food supply. Would we ever purchase our groceries anywhere else? Never. No, because we want we want to own a business that takes care of our needs, but also helps other people to fill their needs as well. And everybody needs to eat. Everybody needs to use some money. And so now if you boil this down, if you concentrate it to your family unit, Ask your family the same question when you begin implementing this process. 
if we all co-owned the the Gill family grocery store, would we ever purchase our food elsewhere? And logic would dictate, no. of course not, because you want to shop in the business that you own so that your needs are met and you can take care of other captive customers that are coming in looking for the same product, which in this case is money. There's another advantage to this situation, and that's that, you know, Sarbelo's got connections with a family farm. And so we've got supply chain already knocked You've out. You've already got that established. Yes. <laughs> flew, flew all the way to India to take care of that. And, as a matter of fact. And, and plus, you know, I'm sure the goods would be very tasty. So I think that there's a couple of unique advantages to that particular grocery store that I would be all on board with. But, you know, the key is, is that you have to study the business, right? So when you decide to implement this process in your life, whether it's for yourself personally, your business, combination of both, when you decide to do that, you also have to make a commitment to truly become your own banker. Yep. And there's no escaping the, the study, the, the coaching, which, um, you know, in our growing team, rapidly growing team, we, we provide that. And in fact, we're introducing a group client coaching on a quarterly basis, which is going to be outstanding. The plan that we have in place for that is just off the chain. And so it, you won't be a lone ranger. In other words, you'll be surrounded by other people who are implementing this. And if uh, you're curious, take a look at our playlist on the podcast. You're going to see a lot of client series podcasts where people are explaining their journey and sharing it with the world. And so Sarbo, going back to the family banking, money must reside somewhere. We're creating a growing pool of financial value. We're encouraging the family to shop at home for things that they would otherwise shop outside the home for by accessing money from third-party lenders, commercial banks, et cetera. The money flows back into the family banking system and you can encourage your family to say, listen, everything that you put back into the system, you get to re-access again. There's no qualifying involved here. And God forbid, you know, when that day comes, someone in the family is going to pass away. Mm -hmm. There will be windfalls and those windfalls will come back to the family and the money inherently stays in the family. So you're replenishing the asset. Everything that you've ever spent in premium in goods and services is all coming back to the family banking system to be reused again. Yep. That is a peaceful, stress-free financial life. Because and the banks are out of your life. Forever. A good way of looking at that for anyone who's listening in, if you want to kind of get a visualization or think it through a little bit, I we talk about cars a lot. We, we use that just because there's such a fundamental component to our day-to-day -day life. And they're one of the largest expense loads that we have as we move through life. And so if you're a parent or you're a grandparent, think about your, your children and your grandchildren or perhaps your great-grandchildren, the ones that aren't even born yet. And all of those individuals are going to need capital outlay. In this case, we'll just use cars as an example. Start thinking about how many cars are in amongst all of those people. Then you add in some spouses because those kids or grandkids are eventually going to get married. And there's a spouse that's in there. Well, that they need a car. And so when you add up all those cars and you think about that over the span of one, two, three generations, there's a massive amount of capital dollars that must flow. 
you can control the flow of those dollars. And if you're the one who's the, the manager, the patriarch or matriarch of that system, you're setting the stage of how it should be treated. And if you just think about all the payments associated with those cars, that can become a source of cash flow. Mm-hmm. For who? For, for the whole bank, and <laughs> right. including the, the matriarch for, and the patriarch. For anybody who needs it, yep. right? And so that brings us to graduation. And so there's a 100% probability that every human being is going to graduate or pass away at some point. And now we've had to fulfill our duty of care. We've had to deliver death benefit. And uh, I, I say the same thing. I've said it for years. You know, not a single family yet has said, I wish the check was for less. Yep. And so this is a tax-free windfall of money that shows up when it's needed the most, provides the family with the financial certainty and resource that they need so they can take the time to grieve the way that they should. And the way that the family banking system, the way that it's implemented is that if you follow Nelson's good guidance, when he describes, I'm not simply describing one policy. This is meant to be a system of policies and you should ensure every single person that you have a beneficial interest in because windfalls will come. People will pass away. We just experienced that personally, my own father-in-law who was life church and we already had his legacy formulated in advance, not anticipating that at such an early age at 68 years young, that he was going to pass away so quickly from uh, cancer, but the coverage was in place. The windfall has arrived. Nona is going to be looked after. She won't have a bad financial day for the rest of her lifetime. And a policy is being put into place for all of the grandkids and the premiums prepaid for 10 years. That is thinking long range. Don't be afraid to capitalize. Don't do business with banks. Don't steal the peas and rethink your thinking. Brilliant. Sarblo, anything else you wanted to add to the phases that we covered? Well, Jason, just generally want to add something. And I think I heard you say this so many times, so many times, and it is such a powerful thing. You know, having too much money may not make us happy, but having less money will definitely make us sad because it puts constraints on us, Mm. puts restrictions on us, puts limitation on us. So we are the process of becoming your banker you get to keep all the money that you make, not just for yourself, but for your family. And then you live a abundant, affluent lifestyle, the, exactly the lifestyle that you want to provide with no stress at all. Wow. Very powerful. Richard, anything you'd like to add? Um, I uh, No, I'm, I'm glad that we have had a chance to go through these and and that, you know, there's a, there's a label I kind of attach to these, these phases. And I think that, um, again, people look at things and think about things slightly differently. And so if this, if you're a listener and you're, you're hearing this, maybe this is the second or third or fourth time that you've heard about the concept, but now you can see these kind of 
phases as it plays out throughout a lifespan. And that's something that you didn't see before. I think there's probably a huge advantage to that. And, and we'd love to hear from you in the comments and, and to share what you take away from this incredible conversation that we're having with Sarblo. Well, and I'll add to that, Richard, and just say, you know, Sarblo is one of the very best authorized infinite banking practitioners that I think we've ever worked alongside. You know, he does wonderful, wonderful work with his clients. Um, he understands the concept and he's continuing to, uh, always continuing to learn more. And that's such a powerful character trait that when you recognize that there's no such thing as having arrived in knowledge and there's always something new to learn, the more you see this process, the more you'll see you didn't see. And what I would invite you to do, Sarblo, is maybe just take a moment with listeners and, and share one of your fondest memories of, of the late R. Nelson Nash. My fondest memory was the first time that I met him in Kelowna. You know, before meeting him in Kelowna, I've uh, seen him in videos, I've read his book, I've heard about him from every person, and I was just so fascinated when I met with him. I just couldn't express how excited I was. And the first thing he does is he congratulates me for completing my practitioner's program with Nelson Nash Institute. And he's like, oh, shoot, I forgot your certificate. It's in my room. Don't go anywhere. I was like, I'm not going to move, Nelson. I'm, I'll, I'll stay right here. I'll wait. <laughs> and then he goes back to his room and his bring, he brings me his certificate. And, and, and oh, that was, you know, I, I'll remember that till the end of time. And... You know, I had many occasions to meet with him after that. I just wish I had more time with him, way more time with him. Yeah. You know, we all miss him dearly, dearly. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, thank you for sharing that, Sarblo. And, and you know, you you brought up uh, that that incredible event in, in Kelowna where Nelson was there. And, you know, there was another really uh, incredible character who attended that <laughs> event. And so, you know, similar question, we, we have the late, uh, Bob Shields, who was also a great mentor of ours. And we, we learned a tremendous amount from yeah. what, what was a takeaway that you have from your time of being able to meet, uh, Bob? Well, <laughs> I just, so Bob was what, 85 years young when he was in Kelowna, somewhere around that. And I was like, man, how do I get his energy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so his mindset was amazing like he's like i don't talk about retirement sir blah. i'm just getting started right and well he told nelson now she yeah. said hey you're retiring no sweat i'll pick up where you leave off <laughs> it was incredible just to have both of them present in that event with us and, and share their journey their knowledge uh you know, it was just amazing. It was just one of the best events I've ever been to in my lifetime. So well, thank goodness we captured it all on film. Um, now, Serblo, one of the things that we always like to share with guests on our show is that not all heroes wear capes. And so you might not think of yourself as a hero, but every time you create value for others, which you do day in and day out, you're benefiting people and making life easier for them or better for them in some way. So our question is, who do you want to be a hero to? I want to be a hero to my family. And I want to be a hero to the 
I want to be provide to folks who are not able to provide for themselves today, but I don't want to be a hero to them. There's, there's, it's not a hero definition for me. I just want to do it and maybe be an anonymous person in that scenario. Wow. Very powerful. Richard, cool. any, uh, any parting comments for our listening and viewing audience? Well, the, the last thing I'd like to say is, uh, you know, just a reminder for anybody tuning in, um, um, we do have our community that's now available to check out. So if you haven't uh, yet reached out to be a part of our community, it's a community we've created for, you know, higher earning business professionals and entrepreneurs who want to learn, you know, more about how to create passive income in their life without, without Wall Street, without Bay Street. And if, if that's you or someone you know, uh, make sure that you head over to wealthwithoutbaystreet.com forward slash community. And, um, you know, there's a quick couple quick questions there and there you go. We can, you can get you involved in the community and start connecting with like-minded people. Well, that's, uh, there you have it folks. So once again, uh, thank you, Sarblo. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. We will definitely have you back if you'll join us and to all of our viewers and listening audience, thank you for tuning into another great episode of Wealth Without Bay Street. And we look forward to the next one. Thank you, Jason. And thanks, Richard, so much for having me. It was great. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Without Bay Street podcast, where your wealth matters. Be sure to check out our social media channels for more great content. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and be sure to rate the show. We definitely appreciate it. And don't forget to share this episode with someone you care about. Join us on the next episode where we continue to uncover the financial tools, strategies, and the mindsets that maximize your wealth. 